everybody. Thank you for listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. This is your host, Chris Starr, back again with another episode of Michael Baran Mondays. On this one, we talk about his experiences in Florida this last week at the Nuisance Wildlife Control Association's Wildlife Expo. It's down in Orlando, down in beautiful, sunny Florida. So he is really enjoying a nice break from the frigid cold temperatures of his home in the Midwest. If you guys could, please hit subscribe. We really appreciate it. It helps out the channel a lot. And give us an awesome review. Five stars. That would be sweet. Now, thank you again and enjoy this conversation between myself and Michael Barehands Baran. Hey, Michael, what's going on? It's been a while. Well, it's been a little bit to you, but you know, <laughs> we've been uh, we've been making things happen everywhere. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you on here. Anyway, that that's more what I meant. And you are right now in Florida. Yes, and I'm glad I'm not in St. Louis because <laughs> St. Louis got ten inches of snow on the ground. It's 22 degrees. But I am living the life down in Orlando, Florida, where it's going to get up to 80 degrees today. It's going to be oh, awesome. man. I know, right? I'm looking forward to going out and catching some alligators. That's what's on the docket today. Dude, Cole posted that on his Instagram story, and I literally watched that clip maybe 15 times. It was hilarious. Oh, the, the one of me eating a pork chop? <laughs> yes. It was just, it had a lot of elements of like what would be needed to make a good short clip, you know, just like, <laughs> man, I can't wait to de-stress and go catch some alligators this weekend. <laughs> you know, that's just absurd. That's it. I'll, t- I'll tell you one of the great things about Cole. Cole Hieronymus is our full-time YouTube videographer and he's also our editor, but he is so much more valuable than that even. I mean, he's my front man. Anytime I think mm-hmm. I want to go do something, I say I want to go do something, I say, hey, Cole, I was thinking about, um, you know, maybe we could go catch some cottonmouth water snakes. And he'll go, all right, well, where are we going to go do that? And I'll say, I don't know. I saw this place called Marshland Adventure Land. And uh, he'll go, all right, well, let me call him <laughs> and I'll see. And <laughs> yesterday he was on the phone Very with them. Very producer-ish. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a great package for doing the YouTube stuff. We're we're putting together a really good social media team. But anyway, he was on the phone with them, mm-hmm. and it was hilarious, man. I wish I would have been recording it because you know he's like uh, he he calls him up. And he goes, "All right, so this is going to be the most ridiculous phone call you've had today." <laughs> but he was going through talking to him, lining things out, making sure that we could find the the, the cottonmouth snakes or the Burmese pythons and the alligators. And making sure mm-hmm. we had a private airboat tour. And, and he's really good about telling people what we're going to be doing and getting them to say yes, you yes. know. And so toward the end of the conversation, he goes, okay, so I promised you a ridiculous phone call. He, he said, so, so let me ask the ridiculous question. And the lady's like, okay, what you got? And he goes, I just need to make sure that Michael's not going to be arrested or incarcerated because, you know, if he sees a Burmese python, he's going to jump out of the boat. You know, of course. <laughs> and she was quiet for a moment, and uh, and she goes, "Well, um, I think that'll be okay." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And we were just thinking, you know, you know, they probably had a board meeting at some point, and they when they were making up the rules because they got a pretty big page of rules. 
somebody probably said, you know, we should have a rule against them jumping out of the boat. And everybody probably looked at each other and goes, who would do that? Who's going to jump in the water full of alligators? No, that's a silly rule. (laughs) Oh, man. So Okay, so is this a daytime thing, a nighttime thing? Yeah, it's going to be a daytime thing. It's really cool because, um, you know, we're in Orlando, Florida right now, and we are here because of the Nuisance Wildlife Control Association 2022 Wildlife Expo, which you and I are going to talk about. But Orlando's kind of at the most northern part where the Florida Keys, as we think about it, kind of starts you know mm-hmm. and so it's not it's not as warm here in, in uh, Orlando as some people think during the winter time like it gets down in the high 40s and low 50s quite a bit and when we speak about Whoa. reptiles that's cold you know yeah especially for tropical reptiles yeah and even fort myers cape coral which is our most southern office which is where Sarah Delaney is is our office manager down there. It takes her two and a half hours to drive from down there to over here in, in Orlando, but she even gets temperatures in the low 50s in the wintertime. Wow. And so we're going to take the airboat, and we're going to go straight as a crow flies across the lake, straight south, and that's going to take us into a little bit of the the Everglades, the Florida Everglades. So we've got a, hmm. a pretty good bucket list of things that we want to accomplish, and we're going to be bringing some great YouTube content from that. The guy's promised us he can put us on some big alligators. We're going to go out there and have fun, and of course, you know, if things don't turn out so well, you and Chance are going to have to do the podcast, you know, <laughs> alone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, but it's been some good stuff, man. You know, I love visiting Florida, like visiting Florida. I lived in Florida, and Florida is great, but I'm going to tell you, I do not miss the humidity, and I don't miss the heat, because that 98% humidity will melt you from the inside out, man. I mean, it's just, Ugh. it's brutal, you know? And and we don't realize what we have in St. Louis where, you know, the humidity maybe in the summertime might get up into the 80s. But down here in, in Florida, man, it's like 98% humidity and 100, 105 degrees in the summertime and that's just those type of working conditions are not idea you know so Mm -hmm. i I don't miss that part at all but i do love visiting i love visiting in the wintertime especially because it's beautiful outside right now sunshine is shine shining the temperature is on the rise and the turkey vultures are everywhere I mean, everywhere. Everybody loves those. Yeah, we're staying in a little subdivision that was built for Airbnb. Like, this whole subdivision was bought by a development company, and every one of these homes in here are all Airbnb homes, and they're incredible. I'm going to tell you, this Airbnb that we're staying in is ridiculous. I saw some video of it. It looks nice. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. It's got one room that's all for watching movies with big recliners in it. It's got a Mortal Kombat stand-up video game, you know, console. Yeah. Seven bedrooms. Yeah, an arcade. You know, like a a legit stand-up Mortal Kombat arcade that is free. You don't have to put quarters in it. (laughs) Oh, nice. It's got a foosball table up there. 
seven bedrooms, a lot of room. It's got an enclosed jacuzzi and small pool. Wow. That is heated. And, you know, you think Florida, why would you want to heat a pool? Well, I'm going to tell you at that night. it's been getting down 60 degrees at night and 70 degree water is too cold for us to be comfortably swimming in um, unless it was 100 degrees outside. Yes. But, but anyway, this place is incredible. It's a really, really nice house. And since it's the off season, we got it for practically nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we had seven people here, so we needed the room. So we were all in the house together. It was really cool because after the Wildlife Expo, we would come back here. We really had a lot of plans of that. We were going to go out and see Orlando. We were going to go out (laughs) to big dinner. But I'm going to tell you, this Airbnb that we're staying in, it was so homey that we all just stayed here and just fellowshipped, you know, like, like we were just enjoying each other's company. It's got a huge big screen TV and a really large living room that has a breakfast bar through the middle of it, separating the kitchen, which is an open air kitchen. And so Tim Cooler ended up cooking food and we ended up just all talking constantly, just sharing stories, talking about the wildlife expo, which seminars we were listening to, some good ideas that we picked up in the seminar. And then all the while, there's a big screen TV in the living room there. And so we had it on our YouTube channel. So we were watching YouTube. <laughs> we were watching YouTube videos. And uh, anytime something cool would come on, somebody would go, hey, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. But hey, I haven't watched that video. Yeah. And so it was, it was pretty cool. I'll tell you, man, the feeding the rattlesnakes video was awesome on the big screen. I mean, hmm. I hadn't seen it in that kind of clarity Yet, because I know I normally watch the videos on my uh, MacBook, which has only got a 15 inch screen on it, to be able to see that up on the big screen, a 70 inch TV, and the clarity of it was astounding to me because I mean, those snakes look good. (laughs) I mean, they look really good, they were clear and in focus. I mean, you could see every little scale and every pit on their face in such clarity. And it was amazing because when we were filming that video, I didn't feel like we were that close to the animals. But when you Mm -hmm. watch the video, it's like you're in the enclosure with them. Oh, it looks great. And then, of course, you know, everybody, I always like watching reptiles eat. Of course, yeah. Especially close up. You know, and especially venomous snakes because the way they use their fangs and the way Mm -hmm. they can move their fangs independently. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times we don't, we forget about that, you know, that these are living creatures with unique characteristics. And one of them is the way they can independently move those fangs. We don't ever think about that. I think as as a whole, we are always kind of fixated with the pictures and the animations that we see and, and some of the logos that we see and the fangs are always set. And sometimes we don't realize or remember that those fangs move independently, you know, and that they have full control over how they manipulate their fangs. It's really cool to watch those videos. So everyone that's listening to this podcast should go to the YouTube channel and watch that video of feeding western diamondback rattlesnakes did you feed any other rattlesnakes in there well yeah we fed all of our rattlesnakes 
Okay. You know? But I'm I'm phasing everything out, you know. I ended up selling our cane break rattlesnake that we got from uh, Louisiana. Oh, really? Man, people people offer me crazy money and once the snakes get as big around as my forearms, they just don't work so well on the movie sets anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. They're just huge. They're thick. They're huge. They weigh a lot. Can't manipulate them around much. I mean, it's more difficult Mm -hmm. to manipulate them around. When they're small, they work perfectly for what we do, for photo shoots, for commercials, for movie sets. You know, when they're that size, when they're like two, two and a half feet long, as big around as two of your thumbs put together, you know, that's like the sweet spot to be able to work with the rattlesnakes. They're, they're easy to hook. They're easy to move around. And so once they get bigger than that, they're just so thick. They're, you know, people forget how thick-bodied the rattlesnakes are. Yeah, they're not big on length. They put their size into like the width of their body, like into their launching muscles, basically. They don't have climbing muscles, so right. to speak, if we want to kind of stretch things out. They, they're more interested in being able to launch and have speed in their strikes versus maneuverability through branches. Because they're pretty much strictly terrestrial. You look at a reticulated python, and they put so much of their anatomy is built into climbing trees and, mm-hmm. and living in the canopy where they can stretch out across the canopy and grab another tree limb. Or they can wrap around... I saw a video somebody sent me the other day of a reticulated python just climbing straight up a palm tree. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? It is pretty cool. You know, I mean, our own reticulated pythons do that. When we're out at the Renaissance Fair and we're showing people the pythons, we got a couple of those real tall, skinny trees that don't have any limbs on them. And we'll Mm -hmm. wrap the reticulated python around it. And they just instinctively know how to climb like that. Yeah. You know, it's cool. They They just wrap themselves around throw a coil up, wrap it around again, throw another coil up, and they move up the tree pretty fast. I love those videos. I like, I can see how they like to catch some terrestrial species, you know, whether there's some green iguanas or some mammals of some sort. They can do it. They definitely can do it. Are you loaded with iguanas down where you're at right now? Have you been seeing them? Well, we really, man, I'll tell you, we really haven't been out much, you know? Oh, Um, mostly expo stuff. Yeah, we've been doing just expo stuff, man. This expo was so good. The venue was incredible. And everybody showed up, you know, mostly because we didn't have an expo last year. That's right. Technically, the 2020 expo, which happens February of 21. Mm -hmm. And so... Everybody showed up, and and the weather was nice, and, and it's easy to fly into Orlando. It's really just a good venue all the way around. But we got to see all the vendors, and um, I would love to talk about some of the new innovative things that's going to be taking place at the within the wildlife control arena, and then talk about some things, some futuristic things that are on the horizon. Oh, man. Did they sell you? <laughs> well, did you get sold just, on some stuff? It's just concept things. And and actually I was talking to some of the people that are innovators that may or may not even carry these some of these products. But you know, it's like once people start talking about what's on the future, it, it seems like once you start talking it and you verbalize something like that, it seems like somebody brings it to life. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about the Wildlife Expo because, man, there's just a lot of good things. 
a lot of good seminars this year. NACOA, which is the National Wildlife Control Operators Association. NACOA always does a lot of good training and they have really good training available for operators, but it's all in the seminars and then the little groups that congregate and talk about problems. You know, it's like, it's sporadic. Nobody plans it. You can't put it in the schedule. You know, you just need to be there. And then when you see a little group forming, just kind of scooch over to it. Yeah, squeeze your way in and start listening. Yeah, just scooch over to it and be part of the the atmosphere that's happening because the people that are involved in those little bit small groups are operators that maybe they're having problems or maybe they figured something out or maybe they have seen something a little bit differently and figured out a resolution for it and you're able to actually get in there and listen to what they were doing. And when it's somebody else's problem, for me anyway, it's so much easier to learn from it because like, I don't want to go through that pain. You had this yeah. problem. How did you resolve it? And so those little b small groups are just priceless. Anything in particular that comes to mind right away? Age old thing, armadillos, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was a little b small group of operators and some some young operators. They were like probably in their mid twenties, maybe maybe they were pushing twenty seven, twenty eight. So you know, fairly new in relatively speaking terms. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about armadillos and. There just happened to be an armadillo hole out in the front of the expo center. And there just happened to be an armadillo rooting around in the hedges out there. So it was amazing to me that these guys didn't know armadillo facts that help you catch armadillos. Oh, and so that's where you came in? I mean, not everybody grew up where there was armadillos, you know? That's true, you know? And that's that's one of the things that you realize whenever you, you step in there. But Cole was part of that little group, and he was sitting out there talking. Of course, you know, he's wanting to video the armadillo. And uh, so he came in and got me. He goes, hey, you might want to come out here to this group out here. You know, they're uh, kind of tossing some ideas around about armadillos. And so I went out there, and I was just kind of standing around a little bit. And then somebody asked a question and, you know, I piped up and told him and then it became an armadillo teaching session Hmm. and we started talking about it, you know, like they they didn't know that when armadillos mate, only one egg is fertilized and that one egg immediately splits into four zygots and you have four little cloned armadillos. Four identical armadillos. Perfectly identical. So if if they become female, all four of them are female. If they become male, all four of them are male. But they're exact replicas of each other because they all came from the same sperm and the same egg. And so that happens every every single time. And you know, just interesting interesting little facts like that. But I was I was listening to another group that were that was talking, and uh, they were talking about the way that they had some problems with 16 inch roof to vent guards, you know, and the RVGs mm-hmm. that they were using just weren't quite big enough. I overheard one of them say that AAC Distributing was making one that was a little bit different. You know, so we went over, I listened to all their things. They were talking about, you know, different ways that they were climbing on the roof and they were talking about roof access, roof safety, and, you know, these RVGs that weren't quite fitting just right. And so after the little group, which, you know, was very eye-opening, I went over to AAC Distributing Booth and I was like, hey, what are y'all doing differently with your roof vent covers, you know, your roof vent guards? And so we talked about them. There was another group that was talking about squirrels chewing lead jacks on the roof, you know, Ah. and that this company called Critter Quitters 
critter. <laughs> I've never heard that. And it's a it's a little device that is pre-manufactured. It's made out of heavy, heavy black PVC. And you basically just flip it right over the outer edge of the, the soil stack. And the, the squirrels can't get to it anymore to chew on it. But it also directs the water through the center of the soil stack when it rains. And so it doesn't leak into the roof anymore into the attic space. So it was was some good stuff like that, you know? Me and Cole, we followed up on all these little side conversations that we heard going on, and we would go over to the vendor's booth, find them, and then we would uh, demo the product, you know? So we're going to have a lot of good video content coming out of the Wildlife Expo, just demoing the product. And then there were some other things, you know, a lot of seminars, really good, really, really good. The air rifle seminar was really good. The legal roundtable was really good, mostly because Wildlife Command Center was showcased during the (laughs) legal roundtable. I was going to ask if you did any of them, if you led any of the seminars or anything like that. I did not. Well, and we can talk about this openly. There was some controversy about the Bear Hands Rescue Show. Oh, geez. And so my seminars were canceled because there was some disagreement amongst the board. But in the end, you know, they were like, you know, we we don't agree with the show. You guys are okay, too crazy. Enough. You guys are too crazy. <laughs> Y'all are out there grabbing animals oh, barehanded. And that's not something that we want to promote, you know. Okay. And then on the back end of it, you got to admit, there's the whole thing to where you know we've kind of jumped into a little bit of celebrity status and so Mm -hmm. you know they don't want me influencing people in a way that they don't agree with and so it's it's their organization and and i don't fault them i actually kind of like gave me a little ego boost because i'm like "Hmm, none of the other operators up here are being you know (laughs) the board of directors doesn't care about any of these other operators, but they do care about they what care. I'm doing, you know? <laughs> so they, so that's how I kind of justify it in my own head. But that being said, Wildlife Command Center was highlighted a lot. In a good way or? Oh, yeah. It was, all, it it was all in a good way. You know, oh. there, the NACOA board of directors, none of them confronted us, completely opposite. Every one of them were very cordial and engaging and wanting to talk to us, you know. And so it turned out much differently than I thought, it, than I was preparing myself for. And of course, you know, as humans and as a species, we pretty much prepare for the worst. Yeah. And none of that happened. You know, none of that came to quite the opposite. We were engaged. And it was really good because, you know, it made my experience that much better. So I was excited. I'm still excited. You know, I'm on that post-Wildlife Expo high. Right. Everybody's driving back right now, right? The, the main group? Yeah, yeah. So as this podcast is being recorded, all of our group is driving back to St. Louis. Me and Cole stayed behind in Orlando, and we're going to go do some ridiculous things. <laughs> some alligator and... Burmese python catching. Yep. We're going to go see what we can do, what kind of business we can get into. But we did spend a lot of time with Wildlife Control Supplies. You know, they are a huge friend of Wildlife Command Center. And Mm -hmm. if you go to our website or if you go to our YouTube channel, you can find links 
that you can go in and find stuff as a homeowner that you might want to check out, try out, or you can just go to YouTube and watch some of the videos and see how we're doing things and then decide if you want to do it or not. Most mm-hmm. of the time, most people watch the videos and they're like, mm, I could do that if I had time, you know? And if they don't, they can just call us up and we'll come out and do it for them, you know? Exactly. Take care of the business for them. I'm glad it was a good wildlife expo. I've, they always seem to be pretty awesome. I'm glad everybody got to hang out and see. I'm sure Chance learned some things. I'll be excited to jump on the mics with him here soon and chit chat about his experience as well. Did Lakin come into the the boot or like into the expo with you guys? No, she uh, she really enjoyed Orlando and enjoyed the Airbnb. It's awesome. <laughs> From what I saw, it looked great. Oh yeah, it, it is incredible. But yeah, Lakin stayed back and enjoyed the Airbnb. And then afterwards, we all went and got the tribe tattoo. Did you see <sighs> pictures of the tattoo? I certainly did. Isn't that awesome? It, it is awesome. I have mixed feelings about lemurs because like, you know, you see the videos where they're all cute and cuddly. But man, what stands out in my mind is it's the face biting, man. It's like, oh yeah, a bear rat latched onto my face the other day. Well, so, you know, that really is a thing about the group of lemurs in captivity. Those guys, they get to the point to where they want to protect their territory. Yeah. You know, their, their territory within. And so, you know, you do have to take certain precautions. And one of those precautions is that you've got to, you've got to protect yourself. You just have to. And protecting yourself may mean that you want to wear a face mask or you need to wear, we've got like a bull riding helmet that's got a a wire grill in the front of it. And so that's, that's worked out good. But, you know, I'm part of the troop. So you're there every day. So they recognize you as a fellow lemur. Yeah. Well, they recognize me as the alpha because the alpha female queenie, she accepts me as an equal. But, mm-hmm. you know, I never promote, I mean, you know, everything we do is rescue lemurs and, you know, ah, okay. I don't promote people going out and getting lemurs. However, we have them and, you know, people every year, it seems that people call us up and they're, they can't take care of a lemur. So we end up getting it and it's a long process. <laughs> Slowly but surely to get those lemurs to a point where you can work with them and you can implement them and fold them into your troop of lemurs. You know, it's a, it's a process. It really is. Interesting. But yeah, I saw everybody got them, the whole gang. Uh, everyone except Chance and Lakin. Chance and Lakin. <laughs> Chan- Chance it. and Lakin are on a, uh, they're, they're on a tattooing hiatus. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, the Wildlife Expo is pretty cool. Whenever you and Chance sit down and talk about it, y'all are going to really enjoy getting into what we got into. He, So I did more the the equipment and the vendor area, mm-hmm. and he attended most of the seminars. And ah. so we certainly have different perspectives of what was going on at the Wildlife Expo. But it's a, it, it was really good. You know, we, we talked about a lot of futuristic things. We talked about a lot of new innovations in wildlife control products. And I think a lot of the innovations 
really went along the lines of improving the things that we're already using. You know, yes. we went through and we saw a bunch of lures and a lot of baits created and manufactured with new techniques and new product, mm. new materials that have been improved. And so, you know, we got lures that smell stronger, that carry longer, and we've got baits that taste better. Anything directly related to skunks, man? I could use some better skunks. I'm going to tell you what, the mellow yellow and the yellow stripe, man, yeah. those, uh, both of those products are much more powerful than they were. And oh. from the standpoint that they carry further, they draw the animal in better. And so okay. they both were really, really good products. Really, really good products. So if you're having problems with skunks, you know, I suggest you get some of the yellow stripe, which is a trailing mix that you, you, you squirt it on the ground and a trail to your trap, especially have if you have problems with a skunk getting into the trap or bringing them over to the trap, because a lot of times skunks are very omnivorous and they can eat anything and everything. Yeah. And because of that, sometimes it's hard to get them to go after the bait that you have available to use. That's what it is sometimes. And like, I'm about to hit, ugh, I'm not really looking forward to it, but I'm about to hit like heavy skunk season where it's just like, all of us are because February 14th is <laughs> yeah, skunk breeding. Up. That's when skunk breeding starts, man. Right on Valentine's Day. Right on Valentine's Day. I mean, it, oh, it, it happens right on cue. Pepe Le Pew comes out and starts getting jiggy with it. Well, they, uh, so we were looking at a lot of the traps, you know, Wildlife Control Supplies got a new skunk trap out. It's a, it's a heavy duty cage type and then they got really? a cover for it. I'm still a big proponent of the tough trap, you 100%, know, dude, they just do not spray in those, man. It's so nice. The six inch tough trap is just like, it's the go-to Money. trap. And, and even if I was a homeowner, I would go for that trap. It's more expensive. It's an expensive trap. There's no doubt about it. It's $65 for, so they're pricey. However, they last forever. They do. They don't rust and they don't come apart. It's heavily made with really good heavy materials uh, that are powder-coated black so that they, they last a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, then it's, and then they're easy to scrub out and clean so that when you catch one skunk, you scrub it out, clean it, then you're good to go for the next skunk. I, I kind of stumbled upon this because I grabbed the wrong deodorizer <laughs> for a job, and it was ammonia. I didn't see on the thing was ammonia. It just said deodorizer. And I'm like, okay, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Sure enough, dude, after like I put it in a you know normal like pint or whatever spray bottle and I spray the inside and the outside of the trap and then I wash it down with a hose. Dude, after that, I stick my nose right into the trap. No scent of skunk. Yeah, what, what you could smell as a puny human. <laughs> it's, it's nice, man. It's just been money in the bank. Just... You know, a couple sprays inside, outside, both sides. Wash it down real quick, and then I put the bait in the back, and that's been working really well for me. Because, you know, once a if a male skunk has been in the trap, a female will not want to go in there. They don't really like each other. They're like, I don't want nothing to do with this male skunk. For real, they, yeah, they're not really communal dwelling, unless there's like a really crazy, extenuating circumstance where it's just there's just a huge food source that's never ending, and so from yeah. there they'll. I mean, what what do we see it like once or twice every five years where there's like 10 skunks in one dwelling? 
Oh yeah, and that's always females, you know. Yes. That that's always the females in there. But you know, isn't it iconic or is it ironic that it's always Valentine's Day <laughs> that Pepe Le Pew comes out and it's always the males that are ready first. Of course. You know? They're chasing females. The females are not ready. Most of them. Like 90% of the females are not ready yet. And so it's like, poop, squirt, get off me. And they, uh, they squirt them right in the face. And then all of a sudden, the homeowner discovers, oh, I've got skunks under my house or I've got skunks mm-hmm. under my deck. That's how it always works out is skunks. But, you know, call a professional and we'll come out and deal with it because, you know, anybody can catch a skunk, but everyone Do you shouldn't. want to? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to? That's the big thing right there. Yeah, exactly. And if you guys are in St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, or Sacramento, California, you could call us out and we will do your skunk trapping for you because it's about to start hitting really heavy. They're all going to start getting together to breed and the fumes, the odors will be wafting through the air. It's going to be crazy. Awesome, Michael. I appreciate you jumping on. Hey, yeah, man. I appreciate coming on every, every, every mo- and, and this podcast is every Monday and we've always got something good to talk about. You know, next time, you know, we should talk about innovative products and innovative techniques that are coming. I think a lot of people want to know the science behind it. And a lot of people would love to hear the futuristic things that, that we saw at the wildlife expo. Let's do it. Let's talk about those. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate you. If you could, please leave us an awesome review and five stars on this podcast. And if you haven't yet, go over to our YouTube channel, watch some snake videos, Vegas videos. (laughs) We've got a whole bunch of awesome content on there, how to make your own traps and lures and whatnot. Yep. Alrighty, guys. Appreciate you listening to the Wildlife Command Center podcast. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.